Hey, welcome to the So Many Shows podcast for The Blacklist. Abraham Stern is our episode we're discussing tonight. I am Jay from So Many Shows. I'm here with my amazing co-host. Uh, he's going by Broussard tonight, unfortunately. But his name is Pete. What's up, Pete? What's going on, man? It's Pete from So Many Shows, SoManyShows.com. What's going on, Jay? Hey, man. Another day, another blacklist, right? Oh, I love it. All right, so we're going to talk about Abraham Stern. Um, if you're listening to this and you have not watched the episode yet, uh, we appreciate you listening, but you should probably wait because, A, some of it won't make any sense to you, and, B, there's going to be some spoilers. So if you haven't watched, make sure you watch and then come back in and listen to this amazing podcast so uh, you can be chatting along with us um, when we talk about the blacklist. All right, so before we get into all of this of the episode, uh, a key point that I feel like I need to make, because it was a big part of the episode, at least for a time, Pete, you know, um, you're my buddy, you're my pal, my G-Money, even if you are on the wrong side of the law when it comes to some other shows that we're on, but... In this episode, we watched a guy take a pill for Elizabeth Keene to give himself a heart attack and send himself to the hospital for a while. I love you, man. There's no way I'm taking that pill for you. There's nothing you could offer me. I'm just not. Why would I put myself in that position? Would you do that for me? Come on, be honest. Well, sadly enough, in my situation in my life, I mean, I don't want to sound cruel, but I can't think of anybody in my life, and this is sadly, sadly enough, that I would take that pill for. So, Jay, you are very, very far in that list above a bunch of other people I like. <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, yeah. Um, I'm not sure a million dollars would do it. I'm not sure, uh, you know, I just, no, sorry. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe if my mom needed something desperately and it was the only way to get it, I, I don't know. I, I still, Here's my no, problem. I don't know. Here's my problem with the pillow, right? You take a heart attack, right? And then they, they heal you back from like a regular heart attack, correct? Right, right. Okay. Now, every time you have a heart attack, doesn't your heart get weaker? Mm-hmm. So you're going to take him 15 years off his life, and that's not worth any sure. amount of money, my friend. Right, and what if what if you don't recover from it? I you know, agree. You take this pill, and yeah, you're in the middle of a police station where there's first responders. But what if the real paramedics can't get there in time, or there's traffic on the way to the emergency room, uh, or uh, the defibrillator doesn't work when you get to the emergency? I'm like, no, no, no. Sorry, not taking a pill. Not for any paycheck, like he's exp- nope. Forget it. So anyway, I, like I just to needed to get that out there. Not doing. I would it. like to know the name of the drug company that makes this pill because they should like be shut down immediately. <laughs> Heart right. Enterprise. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Oh man. So for those of you that maybe haven't listened to us before, we don't do like a huge recap of the show because. You watched it. You already know what happened. You already saw what happened. You probably have your own emotions on what happened. So the way we kind of roll with things here is we have like a series of questions. We'll kind of ask one another and we'll kind of discuss those portions of the show or things that we're thinking about. And uh, we just kind of go with it. So the first thing that I want to throw out there, because we're seeing some new things, some things we're not used to. And of course, we're in the middle of a fifth season. 
And this was actually ele- uh, the 11th episode of the fifth season. So we're right smack in the middle. Do you like the way the direction the show is going now? How do you feel about it, Pete? Okay. So I have a few things about this aspect of the show. So I feel like I either really love parts of the show that go on in the episode or I really hate it. Right. I can't find the happy medium for myself. Now, everybody knows that listens to this podcast, and if you don't, I was Tom Keen fan. Tom Keen is dead, and I think he'll Sucker. come back, but he's not here right now. And I am now shifting my um, full um, support to Liz Keen, who is now avenging Tom's death. So I'm all about Liz Keen. So I love the way he's, she's coming mm-hmm. about, and she's coming to, and she's becoming the ultimate blacklister. But I find that there's parts of the episode where I'm just like, who cares? Also, right. I find myself sitting here every time saying, okay, what about the suitcase? <laughs> you need right. to give me more. I think that's a, I think that's a valid point. And that's, that's something else that I was going to bring up, too. Like, I realize we're – I don't know if, the, if it's correct to call it like a transition phase because of the different changes. Um, uh, with Tom being gone now and, you know, major character death always changes things. Plus, it always changes the different aspects of the characters that were most attached to that character. But this suitcase was the prime focus of the first eight, nine episodes. Um, how long before we see this suitcase again, man? I'm, are we waiting all the way into the end before it pops back up? Um, are we going to see it maybe next week? When do we see this suitcase again? This was a big deal. And now it's, I don't know if it's so conspicuously missing, but it's missing. Okay. Well, this is, this is where I'm amazing because I happen to know what's going to happen in the episode and I don't even write for the show. So I'm just so great to know everything all the time. So my theory is, (laughs) is that we're not going to see this suitcase until the episode before the season finale. So let me ask you a question about that, because one of the things that I was looking at, um, because, you know, the 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 whole will a show get renewed is is a guessing game. You never know, really, all part of the question that goes into the network executives decisions when it comes to that. Ratings are a big part of that. And to put things into perspective and the point that I'm going to get to. Um, ratings this season are down. We had the spinoff um, for Tom Keene that got canceled after one season where uh, their ratings were, it was like a 1.2 demo and maybe 6 million viewers or something, which is okay, but it was not what they were looking for because I think when the blacklist first came out, I don't know, they were like a 1.8, a 2.0 demo and like 9 million viewers. Um, which, I mean, I guess if you're looking between six and nine million, it doesn't sound like a lot, but to advertisers and, and marketability for the networks, those three million count for quite a bit. That being said, this season, season number five, um, the ratings for this blacklist, they're averaging probably like a one demo and six million viewers again. So... I'm a little concerned that maybe we will see a sixth season. And if that is the case, if that's, if this is the end of the road, can they wait until the second to last episode to release this suitcase and what's going on with it? 
I would think, I would think the creators and executive producers and they got to have a plan in case, you know, the season is over. There's got to be an ending. That's somewhat of an ending. Even if it does have a cliffhanger, I would think to wrap things up, you got to release that suitcase before the second to last episode. Am I wrong? Well, here's, here's what I see. Um, I believe they're going to get renewed for at least one more season because you have the surprise factor with so many main characters still available uh, alive that you can do something where it looks like somebody got hurt really bad or possibly died at the end of the season for the cliffhanger. And you know right. what? You'll pull, you'll pull more fans for, the, say, the first two episodes, and you'll pull more media attention. So they'll get renewed on that. However, this is the problem of why Blacklist is having trouble. Do you remember... When you finished watching the first episode of the first season and the second episode of the second season, do you remember the way you felt? Yeah. Okay. Now, do you remember the way you felt when you just finished watching this episode or last week? Sure. Okay. Well, I, I feel like when I first watched the episode, it was the greatest thing in the world. I couldn't wait to tell people about it. Now I find sure. myself just watching it because I've, I'm invested with the characters and the plot line. But it's hard to sell somebody new on the show. It's really hard to bring in new viewers because everybody's heard about it or gave it a chance or quit on it already. It's been around long enough. I feel like you ain't going to get more viewers. You just need to get your old viewers back. I, I think you're right, um, especially in the middle of a season. You're not going to grab new viewers because they would have had to catch up on Netflix or Amazon or something along those lines. And I think you're right. You do have to get your previous viewers to come back, which I I think a lot of times once you lose somebody, you lose someone. And if they do come back, they're probably going to come back to a streaming site down the road when they have time to binge a couple episodes. That being said, um, I feel like I'm sort of in the same boat as you Um, for people that are new to me and how I watch TV and how I think about TV. I am really judgy about TV. I, uh, I can, if you get me through the first season, then you'll probably get me through a second season of something. If you're good enough to get me through the whole first season, I'll watch a second season. But probably nine out of ten shows, I got a two-season max. You lose me at the end of two seasons. And it's not necessarily that the show is bad or I didn't like the change of direction or you killed off a character that makes me mad. I just... I start to lose interest. You can only keep me so long. I'm very difficult to keep me along for the ride. Very few shows keep me along for the ride more than two seasons. The Blacklist is one of them. Um, I really felt good through the third season, I think. My interest started to wane after the third season. Um, kind of got through the fourth season with some, eh, I don't know so much about it. It's still, I, I like the characters. I like the show, but... It's just too much of the same stuff. Um, and here I am in season five, still watching and still making sure that I watch and not just because I'm doing a podcast. Um, Cause I got to do, again, we're invested. I want to see what's going to happen. Um, but I'm also, I'm also on that line that if you don't start giving me some real, an- there's only so much trickery you can do with Raymond Reddington, you know, like, Hey, we've already seen all the trickery. You can't keep doing the same thing to me over and over again, or you're going to lose me if you even get a sixth season, because I want to know, like, let's get the suitcase out there. Let's find out what's going to happen. Let's see how it affects, who it affects, and what happens from it. And don't don't keep me waiting 10, 10 episodes to find out, because 
I mean, I realize that I'm not, uh, you know, your 100% key demographic, especially if I don't stick around. But let's get to it, man. Keep me enthralled. And so I, I kind of wonder where we're going to go with all this. But anyway, I'm rattling off too much, and we need to get back to the episode. So anyway, I hope we don't have to wait eight more episodes for the dang suitcase. We need to get back to that suitcase and quickly. Let's talk about Elizabeth Keene because you are the Keene Alliance. That's what I'm going to call you since you started with Tom Keene and you're with uh, Elizabeth now. What do you think of this new Elizabeth Keene? Because it looks like she's sticking around. It's, it wasn't just a one episode. I'm a tough girl and I'm going to do whatever it takes. It looks like it's sticking around. So what do you think? I like it. I love it. I want more of it. Make it hurt, Liz Keene. Make it hurt. All right, listen. I love it. Rogue Liz Keene is great because, as I say in every podcast, she learned – she did she did some um, research on how to clean using Prescott's file. For then sure. She's beaten up more than twice the load all season long, so she has the muscle that Dembe has. And we saw in this episode that she has a little trickery and manipulation, and she knows how to use people's feelings against them. And where do we learn that from? Who's the master of that? Mr. Reddington. Well, for sure. Um, and I think I'm proud of uh, I'm proud of Keen and how uh, devious she has become. In fact, this episode, um, I think we've seen her the most sneaky, the most devious, the most cunning. Um, then we have the entire, you know, hundred episodes. Um, I mean, she fooled Cooper in this episode. She fooled Reddington in this episode. She fooled everybody in this episode. Mm-hmm. And she's playing a dangerous game in which, you know, like father, like daughter, she's new at it. And so it's okay to be a badass and to shoot some people and some, take some people down and get some revenge. But how long... Can she continue this sneaky, devious, mini Reddington ways? I worry not for her time. for that. I'm not. I'm not long, I, I don't. I don't know because she's got that emotional aspect to her that we haven't seen yet with this change. But it's bound to hit her at some point, and then what will that do to her? You know, she doesn't. I don't think she ever really wanted to be a mini Reddington and here she is a mini Reddington. And while she feels comfy and secure and strong and kind of vindicated with what she's doing, eventually that's going to run out. Will it? But Hey, I could be wrong. I, you know, listen, I have no idea. we know my theory, right? My theory is that Liz Keene is going to get all, you know, crazy and really good at what she does and become like the all in one package and become the ultimate blacklister. That's my theory. So if that's the case, then we're only one or two seasons off from it. And, you know, you got to think that maybe we don't have to see Liz and all that catch up to her. Maybe that'll be the, the series finale in three seasons or two seasons. I think this Liz Keene is going to be here to stay. And I think after she's done avenging Tom Keene's death, she's still going to be – she's going to like it too much. I feel like it's going to take her over because that's how you make the show excited. All right. Hey, I mean, we're about to find out. I don't think we're far away from finding out. No, we're not. So, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about Reddington for a moment. Mr. I Have a Penny, who had a penny that was worth $3 million, give or take a little bit. And 
pulled off the crime now of the 21st century, even though technically it's not a crime because nothing was really stolen, but it was stolen, even though it wasn't. He now has what he calls hundreds of millions of dollars. Now, I couldn't count all the bills that came out of this little heist, but I would think it looks close to a billion dollars to me. What is he going to do now with a billion dollars? What's the plan? To buy back his empire and industry and, you know, really start controlling things like he used to. Probably before, probably before Reddington from episode one, season one, he probably has never had this much money or even near it while, we, while we've seen him on TV. So it just gives him a whole different aspect of ways to play around and how he can get away with more crazy things in travel. We always wondered, like, how does Red get away with this? How does he pay everybody? Well, guess what? Anybody he's owed money to, they get paid triple. I don't know, man. It's a lot of money. He's getting old. He's got a grandchild now. You know, it's time for him to settle down. You know, he doesn't have to keep doing this. Perception? It, there's, that's definitely a big part of it. I don't know. I guess another thing we'll find out. But it must be nice to just magically come up with a billion dollars and it be technically totally legal. Now, in his newfound wealth, he takes the penny at the end of the episode and he trades it. Now, you have a billion-ish dollars and you've already had this super rare, ultra amazing penny. But you're trading it for, I don't know if we should call it a keepsake or a new accoutrement. Something for him now, because he traded for a hat. A hat. I don't know about you, but if I have a penny worth, let's just say it's only worth $100,000. I'm not trading it for a freaking hat. Are you trading it for a hat? Well, that depends. On what? If there's a treasure map inside the hat, if there's codes to a, to a safe somewhere, or here's what I'm saying. It could just be, uh, I, I like the hat, it's cool, and who cares, I have money, and I, like you said, he's getting old. Or I feel like it could be symbolic that we're overseeing, where like they said he were at the battle before they took down or whatever they did. So I don't remember the exact quote, but I was, what I'm saying is, isn't he about to, maybe he's about to go down to a big battle against the evil tyrant, and that's why he's putting everything in place you know, and maybe he's got a battle ahead of him, and we just don't know about it yet. Yeah, I don't know what uh, the deal is, but I tried to research that hat, and it is a Winston Churchill hat. It was a big deal. Uh, I even tried to find in real life where one of these hats were sold or purchased or traded or put up for auction, um, and there was one, uh, but it went for $12,000. So definitely not three million, or even close to it. Um, in fact, there were very few hats in the world that ever even come close to three million dollars. There is one that's worth two point seven million dollars, and it's not a typical hat. It's really ugly. It's from France. It's called like the love hat. It's uh, it looks like a Medusa hat on steroids. I don't even know how to explain it. So that being said, he buys or trades for a $12,000 hat, or maybe even if this was some long lost artifact, 
Maybe it sells for a couple hundred thousand dollars legitimately in the real life, but he trades for it. So maybe you have a point. Maybe there is a treasure map or a clue or a significance that maybe we don't see yet because we know he wears hats. We know he likes his hats, but I'm not sure wearing that hat just for statement purpose. I'm not sure how that benefits him, even for you know, criminal mastermind that demands respect. I just don't see that as um, a worthwhile trade. Wouldn't you trade for a hat and a coat and a uh, jukebox? I mean, I don't know. Something else. Seems a little fishy to me. Something's going on with this hat. Maybe I'm wrong. I've been wrong once or twice before. Three times. I don't know. So anyway... Um, let's, um, well, before I get into that, anything you wanted to throw out there before I I move on to our, you know, typical three questions that we kind of wrap things up with? Um, no, I'm good. All right. Good answer. That makes things easy. All right. So in our little So Many Shows podcast here, uh, for the blacklist, we have kind of a three section question to kind of wrap things up about the episode. Um, if you followed us here from the little uh, post that I put online on our website, somebodyshows.com, you see that I gave a little shout out to Tracy of Talk Colony TV or TalkColony.com, um, and she's also part of so many shows. Um, she started doing podcasts forever ago now, and one of her things was to have different questions to ask each uh, podcast, rate the episode, and uh, kind of a silly little way to rate the episode, and. Who's your favorite character? What's your favorite scene? What's your favorite outfit? Whatever. Da, 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 da. Um, so kind of as an homage to her and her greatness with podcasts, we're kind of stealing some of that or borrowing it um, to use in ours. And um, so the first one is um, we need to rate the episode. And how do we rate the episode, Pete? With Tom Keen stab wounds. Oh, it's so sad, but so... So weirdly satisfying at the same time. All right, yes, Tom Keem stab wounds. So zero being um, just a terrible, terrible episode, or ten being just a brutal, brutal murder, but an awesome episode. Where do you rate this episode for Abraham Stern? I give it five Tom Keen stab wounds. So it's like a right in the middle episode for you. Every episode has been, and every episode will be until Reddington dies and Tom Keen comes back. Well, that's kind of sad because uh, Tom Keen is never coming back, and Raymond Reddington is the man. So, all right, you can go ahead and give it five. I don't remember what I gave last week's episode, like a seven or eight or something. I think that I liked last week's episode a little bit more than I liked this week's episode. Uh, so I'm going to give it, um, we'll say a six and a half stab wounds via Tom Keen for the episode. So not that it's a terrible rating, but it's pretty good, but it's, it's not as good as I would like. Um, and for some, for some, uh, silly reasons too, you know, like, uh, that whole scene with the, with the taking the pill and having the heart attack and Elizabeth Keen. You and her little, oh, no, somebody help him, somebody help him, and breaks into the evidence room and steals the penny and steals that bloody rag. 
I know TV's got its own little magic thing and it can kind of do whatever it wants, but that was a little far fetched to me. Like, all right, maybe you get into the room. Maybe you'd even steal one thing. Two seems a little bit unlikely. And not to mention, aren't there cameras everywhere? Isn't somebody around? Aren't you going to get caught? Like, I feel like it was a little too fishy for me of a scene. Am I, am I being overcritical or, or do I have a point? This is what he meant when he said he's too judgy about TV people. <laughs> Listen, in TV world, I do not want to see all the aspects that go into making that whole successful heist work because it would have taken up more than half the episode. I'm happy with her getting in, getting out, getting what we need. And if you want to break it down, I mean, when the guy passed out and Liz Keen is there, everybody knows who Liz Keen is. So they would be like, they wouldn't just let her sneak off. There would be eyes would be all over her out of being starstruck. It's, it's, it's unrealistic, but for TV and for the fact of wrapping up a scene that's going to last three minutes compared to 35, I'll take it. Good job. I think you're just standing up for that scene because it was Elizabeth Keene. But whatever, I'll let you get away with it. <laughs> All right, question number two. Um, who is your impact player, your impact character of the episode? And it isn't necessarily, um, for you, for those of you listening, it's not necessarily the character that impacted the episode as much as it is impacting us as fans and as viewers of the show. So who who was your impact player of the show this week? All right. Um, it's not really a person. It's a thing. I want to know what's going on with that eye. That's fair. That's fair because, well, I mean, technically that is part of a character. But, but I what like is character, going on? You don't have to... Him. You don't have to like him for him to make an impact. Like, is there um, a, a bad a bad guy gang that all has, like, an eye, so the boss is either tracking them or controlling something? Or did he take the eye when they were young? Like, I don't know. I want to know the story about the eye because, you know, it's tech. I want to know if it's advanced tech. What is it? What's going on? Not to mention, did it record everything Elizabeth King did? Mm-hmm. And that's said- a little scary. That's a little scary. All right, that's, that's fair. I mean, uh... Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Uh, I definitely wasn't going to an inanimate object, but it is part of the character. So I'm going to, I will give you that one. Um, For me, I think uh, the biggest impact for me, I'm going to go with, um, it's kind of a toss up, I guess, but I'm going to, I'm going to go with Elizabeth Keene, even though I don't like to pick her for anything. Um, and I'm going strictly for the reason that um, this episode, she successfully bamboozled everybody. And while it shocked them, it really shocked me in that she was able to get away with it. I understand what she was doing. I understand why she was doing it. I understand even why she was being devious about it all. But I'm very shocked in the fact that she was able to pull it all off. And so I think I have to give it to her, unfortunately. This will be the one and only week, Elizabeth Keene, so enjoy it. What is your biggest takeaway from the show? Whether small moment, big moment, whatever, what's your 
What was like your learning moment? Your opening your eyes. What's your biggest takeaway from the show this week? Red put his guard down, underestimated his daughter, and his daughter totally slipped one by him along with everybody else. And she's grown now, and she's put it together. And even if she can't outmaneuver him in a war, she can win uh-huh. battles, and that's important to me. All right. I mean, that makes sense. Again, Elizabeth Keene fan, the Keene Alliance. <clears throat> I think for me, the biggest, the biggest takeaway for me, and it kind of goes along with um, that same thinking, um, but maybe in a little different aspect. My biggest takeaway is Raymond is, mm, I don't want to say he's slipping, but maybe he has been in the past or should be or could be. Uh, he, I mean, he'd let things happen in this episode. Like he let himself sort of get captured, um, by Stern. Um, I think he expected that or expected some kind of treachery, obviously, but he kind of let him pull that on him. He definitely let Elizabeth King take the lead throughout this whole episode, just doing whatever the hell she wants. Um, you saw him right from the get-go in the beginning of the episode, uh, guards down, wham, trucks comes out of nowhere. They know where he is, and they're able to smash into his car to steal the penny in the first place. So I think my biggest, I feel like maybe he is slipping. Maybe he's complacent. I'm not sure. Maybe he just doesn't have the resources that he had in the past. Um, but that's my biggest takeaway is I wonder why so many unfortunate things are happening to him in this episode. So I'm a little I'm a little worried for my boy Red. You should I'm be. I'm a little worried. Oh, get out of here, man. He's going to live forever, okay? There'll nope. be another spinoff called, called Reddington Part 2. I don't know. Yeah, that's what it's going to be called. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens when you don't prep for a comment like that and you couldn't come up with anything quick enough to make it sound cool. Uh... <clears throat> So that's kind of it in a nutshell. Uh, I don't think that I have anything else that uh, I feel like I need to add or throw out there, um, except I'm hoping next week's a little bit more exciting. Uh, I hope we're not going to drag it out for five or six or seven more episodes for her to get her revenge. And then the suitcase pops up. I'm really hoping we see that in the next Mm, I'll give them two episodes. Let's get back into the real thick of things. And uh, and how about her poor team, man? Like, they're getting no screen time because she's too concerned about revenge instead of hanging out with the team. Like, hello, we're, we're, can can we let Wrestler do some work? Like, what's going on here? What about for you? Anything else you want to throw out there before we wrap this bad boy up? Um, one more thing. I believe the team is about to get shut down. I believe that Liz is about to become the ultimate blacklister. She's going to find out that the suitcase is something that Red did that's horrible for Liz, and she's going to kill Red. And then that's going to be your next season to be Liz being a blacklister, and the show will be great again. Oh, dear Lord, man. What if Keen dies, man? What if she goes, you know? <sighs> then, then what are you going to do? Who's your alliance going to go to? When Elizabeth Keene hey, succumbs is, to Dembe's wounds, there is a there is 
a baby Keen out there. Oh dear. Team Keen. Team Keen. <laughs> oh man, I didn't think about that. Well, that'll be the blacklist in the year two thousand thirty-two or something. <laughs> yeah. now, so what would that be? The Reddington Part Eight? <laughs> <laughs> it could be. Okay, it could be. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, hope everybody enjoyed the episode. Hope everybody enjoyed the podcast. Um, you know, we are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, so many shows, search for us, whatever. Um, if you have a thought about the episode, thought about the podcast, something we missed, something we should consider, something we should ask ourselves, you know, drop us a line. Let us know. Um, we're always looking for new insights and ways to think about things. Uh, so to wrap it all up, uh, we are so many shows, so many shows.com. Um, do a whole lot of different stuff. That's why we're so many shows. So it's not just the blacklist. We got all kinds of good stuff. And uh, make sure you check out our website, so many shows.com. I am Jay. This was the So Many Shows podcast for the blacklist. And who are you again? I forget. Who are you? I'm Pete, hashtag Team Brassard. Peace out, everybody. Shout out to oh, Tom Keen. Yeah, yeah, Tom Keen. We're out of here. See you next week, everybody. Later. Thank you.